Nerd Talk, Dork Talk, Real Talk. A real opinion about not real stuff. This is the coolest podcast ever. The Kenny Hope Show. It's showtime. I don't know the meaning of life, but this is what I live for. All things nerdy. Hey, hey, hey. What up? It's time for another episode of the show. What have you been up to? Did you check out The 100? Or maybe Orphan Black? No? I guess I'm not that influential. Very well, then. Summer is in full swing, and I've been hitting the ice cream and beers hard. Meaning in time, I'll be the typical fat comic book nerd. I should probably stop recording and go for a run. But who am I kidding? Looking outside, it looks like it's gonna rain. Realistically, I'm gonna stop recording and grab me a Sunday. Hashtag fatty fatty fat fat. Bringing it back. The summer is great, but not so great for reviewing television shows because everything's on hiatus. So this week, I'm gonna do a retro movie review. But before we get started, I'm gonna plug a new podcast I'm involved with. My buddies Steven and Rich are starting a new podcast called Helmets and Headsets, and I'll be producing. Or at least be involved in some kind of advisory consultant role. These are good guys who are really funny, and they've got great chemistry between them. I'll be on the first episode, so it won't be completely unfamiliar for you. But I highly suggest you give it a shot when it comes out later on this week. It's going to be on SoundCloud. I'll keep you posted. The Kenny Ho Show, episode 22, will cover. Arrow finds two new big-time cast members. And it's a retro review. Final Fantasy VII, Advent Children. Let's go. Now, how do you top Manu Bennett's Slade Wilson and Selena Jade's Shadow? Simple. You cast an ex-Superman and another sexy half-Asian girl with a bit more clout than Miss Jade. Yes, Brandon Routh has been cast as Ray Palmer, a.k.a. Adam, while Devin Aoki is Katana. Brandon Routh was so perfect for Superman. He's so likable, humble, and he looks a damn part to a T. It would have been great to see a sequel, The Superman Returns. There was plans for it. It was actually named The Man of Steel, which, of course, is the title to the Henry Cavill movie. And the plan was to make this movie be action-packed, because Superman Returns had none. And it was rumored that Brainiac would be the villain, so Superman could beat the crap out of him without remorse. Because he's a robot. And it's a damn shame that grossing $400 million didn't warrant a sequel. And it was right around the time when Christian Bale just started with Batman Begins. Ugh. Could you imagine World's Finest with Brandon Routh and Christian Bale? (sighs) I like how they butcher that, but ten years later, do the exact same idea, but with two lessers. Not hating on Henry Cavill, but when you're teamed up with Batfleck, you become shittier yourself. But I digress. I really like this piece of news because Brandon Routh gets a star and be a star on the very successful Arrow. You know it's already going to be good. These guys know what they're doing. It's going to be a fun year. Now, I don't know a damn thing about Adam. Like, he has the ability to shrink down, I guess. Which is a lousy superpower as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's great for escaping. It's like, oh, trouble. You can't see me. Whoa, just quoted John Cena there. That's not good. 
But anyway, he's supposed to be running Queen Consolidated, and it sounds like he's probably going to boink Felicity. <sighs> well, I suppose if anyone's going to do it, it might as well be my hero, Superman. And Brandon Routh looks like he'd be gentle. You have my blessing, Routhie. May the Adam and Felicity Smoke, aka Baby G, live happily, fictitiously ever after. Oh, where's my Sunday? Now, I thought Summer Glau was going to be Katana, but no. We get someone even hotter. This is going to be good. Katana is part of the Birds of Prey in the New 52, which is perfect because Black Canary and Huntress are looking for their third because Batgirl or Oracle is not available. So this would make the most sense. I can't wait for that episode. Katie Lotz, uh, the Huntress chick, and now Devin Aoki fighting lesbian Al Ghul in a mud wrestling match. Hmm. This seems like one of those things I should probably keep to myself and not say out loud. The sequel to one of the finest video games ever made, Final Fantasy VII, comes Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. This was a part of the 10th anniversary of FF7, of Final Fantasy VII, the compilation of Final Fantasy VII. There's all kinds of paraphernalia released, because Square Enix was in the hole at the time. FF7 is a cash cow. There are a couple games that took place before the original, before Crisis and Crisis Core, and one after in Dirge's Cerberus. And of course, this movie, taking place two years after the end of the original game. First things first, the production value is extremely high. This is some of the best CG that I've ever seen. And at the time that it came out, this was cutting edge. Even to this day, it'll give something like Beyond Two Souls a run for their money. This is Square Enix at their best. I really liked how they updated the look of each of the characters from the original game. Like in 1997, they got away with a lot less details when the game was released. But to do a movie like this, they had to fully realize the hair, faces, and bodies of these characters. And if you know anything about the game, you know Tifa is ridiculously proportioned. With bazooms, that would break her if she were real. But I like how she was represented in Advent Children. She's actually very pretty. And if she were real, I'd still have no chance at her. She's digging blonde hair, blue-eyed Cloud. So, a white boy. Very original Asian girl, WTF. Speaking of Cloud, his hair is iconic. Great for a cartoony video game, but no chance it works in a movie that is trying to be realistic, that is trying to do realistic takes on the characters. It just doesn't work. But this updated version, very nice. They did a very nice realistic interpretation I could easily see being done by a hairstylist for sure. The music is incredible. There's so many fans of the original game who hate this movie, but no one in their right mind could hate the soundtrack. Square Enix updated a lot of the original music in the game with real instruments and a real orchestra. And it sounds epic. These songs invoke all kinds of emotions in me. Peace. This song is so beautiful. Makes me wanna cry.
beautiful song and this one here. This song makes me want to go parkouring or smash my head against a wall or something. So freaking epic. But nothing quite tops this. So damn Sephiroth for sure. I like this movie. I think it's a huge success in CG animation and a trailblazer in that regard. I think there's some great character development. It wraps up some loose ends and the action is incredible. I think the back like 40 minutes of this is just a bunch of huge fights and action pieces. Now, the one weakness I would say is the story's a little bit convoluted. Namely... What the hell is Geostigma? It's a central point of the story, but all these years later and after multiple viewings, I'm still not quite sure what it is. I know it's a lethal disease to catch, but I have no idea why the people who have it have it. And not everyone has it. It seems to affect a buttload of kids, but then again, adults like Cloud and Rufus have it. I figured it was Genova's way of controlling children to groom an army for herself which is kind of true she clearly has something to do with it because kadaj controlled those children like some sort of zombie army but then again people die from it come on guys the hell but whatever it's cool that they incorporated the genova cells it was cool to see them investigate the concept and the powers and the premise of these cells a little bit further or maybe it was a long convoluted way to give themselves the opportunity to bring back Sephiroth. Either way, I can't complain at the end of the day. But the best stuff to me in this movie is the Cloud and Tifa relationship. This emo mofo is spoiled. He's got Ghost Eris on one hand, and the boobalicious Asian girl in the other. Tifa's just waiting for him. If she makes any more sex eyes at him, I'm gonna get confused and think she's coming on to me. And I don't even live in that world. Dude, Eris is fine. But she's also dead. Turn your attention to the living. You're missing out on them fun bags, bro. But eventually he comes to his senses. He stops all of his dilly-dally shilly-shallying after visiting Eris in a dream state. Hallucination? Crossing over to the other side? Either way, he lets go of the guilt that he had over her death. And I liked every time he crossed over. I thought those were really beautifully done. It's his happy place. Ah, happy place. I gotta get me one of those. And it seems like by the end of this movie, he's finally ready to start something with Tifa. To raise those orphan children. I guess for Tifa, kids wouldn't be the deal breaker. And I'm sure you've noticed at this point I've used the word beautiful quite a bit. Because this is a beautiful movie. 
Combining the visuals, style, music, and voiceover, I love Mina Zuvari as Eris and Rachel Lee Cook as Tifa. They have an angelic quality about them. It's great for fans of the original game to get more and have some of those loose ends tied up. I know some jerks spread a rumor that Eris could be revived. I know as a kid I tried multiple times of bringing her back. Still scarred from her dying in the game. I couldn't believe someone would kill a character like that. But that's before I knew that the producer of this game is a huge Star Wars fan. And Eris dying is akin to Obi-Wan dying. And through death, she became more powerful than Darth could imagine. But in the movie, we know for sure she died and her ghost does haunt the church. So that wasn't some glitch. Stupid jerk. Stupid troll. Get a life, you ass monkey. You wasted how many hours of my life? But what the compilation of FF7 did was really flesh out the character of Zack Fair. And part of that was give him a relationship with Eris. And now they're both in heaven together. It's stuff like this that warms this cold, cold heart of mine. It's sweet. Zack and Eris, Cloud and Tifa. My life is more fulfilled for some reason, just thinking about it. I would love to see a sequel game to this movie. Square Enix won't remake the original until a new game surpasses it. A sequel would surpass it. I could almost guarantee you because it's gonna be both on X-Bone 1 and the PS4, you make a sequel, it will sell 10 million copies like that. Bring back Sephiroth, but make it the last time by having Genova as the final boss. And when she's dead, no more Sephiroths, no more clones. Cloud and Tifa and co live happily ever after. Then we close out the series, because I don't wanna see a Denzel and Marlene sequel. I don't really care for that child, Denzel. Who names a character after Washington? What a weenus. If you've never seen this movie, do yourself a favor, check it out. Because I give Final Fantasy VII Advent Children a 3,000 teardrops on my guitar out of 10 because it's Final Fantasy VII. And that's it. That's the show. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, Lindsay Fonseca, I hope you're listening and I hope you're impressed. Toodles! Thank you.